systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Pat and AJ Podcast. Hello, Earthlings and beyond. Pat and AJ podcast on this beautiful first day of April as we record April Fool's Day. We have no jokes. I'm just trying to figure out if I can somehow watch a baseball game tonight. No. That <laughs> is an out-of-market game. I don't know. No, you know you can't. Right? It is our cat's birthday, though. There you go. Which is actually quite perfect because he's a huge goofball, so it's wonderful that he was born on April Fool's Day. I signed a contract for a job before on April 1st. We started one of our morning show gigs on April 1st. It's a big time. Boy, it's, it's like a revival kind of yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's like a new, it really is the spirit of spring, right? You have, you have Easter coming up and it's just a That was a whole... terrible idea, starting our morning show at a new radio station on April mm-hmm. 1st because everybody thought we were a joke and that they're like, true. all right, Where's, where's the real morning show? The, these guys suck. Didn't they say that? They, they even said that like uh, in the uh, uh, promos for it. They'd say, no fooling, but coming up this Monday. It was. It became slightly insulting when everybody's like, these guys, these guys are hacks. Where's the new morning show? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, today, at least, April Fool's 2021 seems as though there isn't. There's so much serious shit going on to have like a mass wave of April Fool's pranks. I haven't seen any yet. Not on my timeline. Not in the news. You haven't seen any? That's Nothing. all I've seen today on Twitter. Uh, Facebook was my favorite because, I mean, I can sniff these out now. Like, it's, if I wake up and say, okay, it's April Fool's, it's then it's easy. It's easy. Um, it was MidMichigan Now, which is a local news station, posted some story about how Michiganders are going to have to start dialing, like, 10 numbers before oh, the area code. And you would not believe... How many people thought it was real and were pissed yeah. off? Like, n- nobody ever at any point in the comments said, hey, guys, it's April Fool's. Like, but everybody was just angry. I will tell you what, though. Someone who has lived in a uh, a, a area code uh, split bonanza time before, there are certainly people who uh, thought, hope, was hoping it uh, was a prank. I had that happen in Chicago growing up when everyone, there were two area codes. It was 312 and then it was 708. 312 is a city. 708 was the suburbs. And then, all of a sudden, the rise of fax machines and beepers oh, started okay. doing what? Started taking up all the numbers. And they announced this new plan new for like code. 90 million area codes and trying to convince my grandparents that they had to dial a new set of numbers before calling someone that was just a few miles away. It was a concept I don't quite think they figured out. Up until the day they died. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that today people are like, I knew it. I knew this is what's next, Ma. Yeah. Oh, We're totally. going to have to dial 12 numbers. I, I, I actually bet on it. I said, I bet <laughs> in the first 10 comments, somebody has to say, guys, it's an April Fool's joke. Man, Nobody no said one. it. Nobody. I mean, everybody was just pissed. Well, <laughs> this is not an April Fool's joke. AJ has just launched her own new business she already launched one llc this year i think she's about to form another because she just fixed our dryer because of course this is what happens you get ready to list your home for sale and everything breaks and everything breaks (laughs) 
Our dryer went on the fritz, and we had a uh, repairman come over and do a little bit of a uh, service call. And there, the dryer and, and washer are original to the house, they, which oh, was built I, in two thousand five. But the the guy even said he's like dryers last forever. Yeah, he's like, so you you know you still got life in this thing. It's still good. It was the um, we had a guy come out. He misdiagnosed the problem. It was something we could fix on our own, so we fixed it. Turns out that wasn't the problem. Had another repair guy come out and say he. Literally, all you had to do was Google the area. The all you had to do was Google the error code that the dryer was oh, giving it us. Came up with like an error. Code. Yeah, it was like E sixty four. So I Googled it, and it said your heating element is busted. I said okay. I went on Amazon. I'm like, all right, the parts thirty eight dollars. Let's see what the repair guy says tomorrow. And before he 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 Googled it himself. He's like, oh, it's the heating element is busted. I said I know, and he did some toying around, took some pictures and stuff, and. Then gave us a $400 estimate on repair. It's just what everybody wants, again, is you're getting ready to shell out money for home inspections on one end and maybe home repairs on the other end. Now you're telling me I got to spend... And $400 is clearly like a new dryer or a good used dryer. So I was not I was not having that. I'm sorry. Because I, I knew how much the part was. What was it? How much? 38 bucks. Look at that. 38 bucks. $38 and my wife went to YouTube. Listen. That's I, all it takes, man. I feel bad because I know that this is this guy's job. Like, I know <laughs> I took money out of his pocket. You I feel bad. No, I do. I feel bad, but I also. But now, hold on. To be honest, if it would have been, now let's just say the first time the service guy came out, if he would have caught it that day and would have priced it better, would have said, okay, what is it? 35 bucks for the part, $100 for my labor. If you would have said, hey, 150 all in, you would have probably paid him right there on the spot, and he would have done it. But the fact that he misdiagnosed, and then- So this, we paid the service yeah. fee for him to come out, and then- The second guy gives you a high estimate. The best part was he gave me two estimates. He gave me $400, and, and then- even a higher one. No, he gave me, he said, uh, but this option is 350 I said, ooh, what's that? Even though 350 is still a lot. It was, oh, you have to buy our warranty. Yeah, yeah. And it goes, so it's all it, a hustle. I said, so wait a minute. I'm like, I'm not that great at math, but I said, that comes out to like $900. And he goes, well, so yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that you took anyone's gerb on this one. I would say that there was an opportunity for the appliance industry to get your cash and um, swing and a miss. You know, it is what it is. On the receipt, they had the piece that we needed priced at $200 because it was itemized. I'm like, you are out of your damn mind. And and they even said, I'm like, if I buy it and give it to you, they're like, no. Who hates technology more? Photographers who have all lost their business, the people that film with iPhones, or appliance repairmen who have now lost all their business to people that can go on YouTube? Neither, and I'll tell you why. First of all, the people who, not everybody, but most of the people who shoot photos on iPhones and claim to be photographers, they still suck. Like, there is a very distinct difference from from somebody who knows what they're doing and <laughs> somebody in my family who takes pictures with their iPhone and sells them for a ridiculous amount of money. There is also, though, by the way, people who do know what they're doing with iPhones who are amazing. Amazing, yeah. But, but the majority of, I mean, you notice a lot of those photography businesses have fallen by the wayside because we were so oversaturated. The wave with, of the DLSR yes. cameras. Everyone got a DLSR, and then everyone's like, I can shoot a wedding. Isn't it DSLR? I don't know. I don't know either. That's why we're not photographers. But no, so I, I disagree with you on that, and I okay. disagree with you on the, the fix-it okay. stuff, simply because part of me, and I think a lot of people are still like this, are terrified of this stuff. Yeah. Like, you just look at it, and you're like, nope, can't do it, forget it. 
I mean, I watched a 13-minute video on YouTube. There you go. Step by step, and I was still scared to death. Mm-hmm. So there is still there are still people out there who I will mean, say, screw it, let somebody else do it. This is uh, the so same. So I don't think anybody's necessarily losing a lot of business. This is um, a story that AJ tells often now about myself, but my first week into graduate school. So this is 2019. I had a paper for my first week, my first week. And, and if you don't know, in uh, graduate school, you usually write papers upon papers upon papers. This, this papers. paper was before he even started class. Yeah. So I had a paper that was due, and I wrote this paper, and I submitted it, and the professor uh, threw it back <laughs> with a slingshot speed back at me, saying, this is all wrong, this is the wrong formatics, you need to learn all of this before you even bother writing again. Which I kind of laughed at, because I'm like, maybe if you would have ah! had class, yeah, right. you could have figured it out. And um, I literally, after banging my head off the wall um, for a few minutes there, Got on YouTube and learned the correct formatting yeah. manner in which write these papers. And that was my my base for so, learning how to write for the next two years. So, I mean, I hate to say it, I'm pretty proud of myself because as of now, I have done Good for you. I've done plumbing in our house, I've done new faucets, I've yeah. done new light fixtures, and now I fix the dryer. That's Good. not bad. I think there's like one or two things in the new house that we'll need you to fix. That, it so. is. I will tell you, though, if you... Or even considering trying to do this stuff yourself, it feels so good to be able to do it. It's not as scary as you think. Yeah, I, you, it's let not, me tell trust you. Trust me, it's not. She has a mouth like a sailor, <laughs> and she is working this thing. And like, I feel bad because she's in there really. I, this whole thing's taken apart, and she's like, "I know what I'm doing. I got the video." The dryer was taken apart. At one point, I yeah. was laying on my back with yeah, my legs, legs up, up against the, the wall underneath. The I know dryer. what was happening. <laughs> I feel bad about that already, and I can't concentrate. I can't just watch TV in the other room. So all I do is I'm, I scroll. I'm, I'm just doom scrolling. Who cares? And AJ's yelling profanities <laughs> and just grunts, and I'm like, this is hilarious. He's, this I, is. Li- I mean, if I would have grown up with my dad, I would have assumed this is what my dad would have sounded like when he was trying to fix something that he was having a hard time with. So one of our good friends is a contractor. And I said the same thing to him. I'm like, and he let us borrow his tools. Sean, he lives down the street from us. We love Sean and Carrie. But um, I said, yeah, it feels good to know how to do this stuff because now if I see a light fixture I don't like, I know I can fix it myself. I don't have to call somebody and pay. And he's like, you should start like a female fix-it business. He goes, you would make bank. And Pat and I have actually talked about this before. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean I do all the fixing, but, like, get a bunch of ladies together that know what they're doing and promote it as an all-female business. I mean, I have to assume that there are women in the trades, in the skilled trades, and that, yeah, banding together could possibly be a little bit easier than fighting upstream. Now, after doing the dryer, I'm going to have to say no to that idea because I don't... It's a million-dollar idea. I don't think um, clients would appreciate me cussing and screaming (laughs) like a sailor while... I fix their dryer. <laughs> I mean, you know, some may pay extra for it. You never know. You don't know who's out there and what they're willing to Ew. pay for. Oh, I have such a gutter mind. It's All terrible. Right. Well, congratulations, AJ. The um, 
It's still running? Is it? Is it going? Um, so I turned it off until there's clothes in it because I don't want it just blowing hot okay. air right now. It's a new, well, it's a new heating element. <laughs> How so it's like, dare it just do its job? It's really warm. Okay. So it's a good thing, guys. Good thing. Well, that's what AJ is doing here. No fooling. Uh, hope you're doing well in this, uh, wherever you are, however you're listening. Shitty, snowy. It snowed in Michigan. It did snow in Michigan. It's blue skies outside right now, though, so it's very the, weird. That was the only other time I swore that much is when I tr- flipped on the light last night and said, Fuck, what is that? <laughs> Let me tell you how much fun uh, we have uh, action-packed for you in this episode of the podcast. This is the podcast that you should tell all your friends this about. This is good this shit is the today. Episode. This is the episode, okay? We're not just saying that. It's not April Fool's. Okay, no, yes, this is good stuff on April Fool's. Uh, on this episode of the podcast, of course, we've got the good news coming up. We're going behind the bars. That's right. We're going to go deep into the prisons of Utah. <laughs> we are finding um, so much cool stuff as we pack the house, you guys. It's so I, great. I don't even want to know why AJ needed a cassette player. Oh, you'll find out. From our neighbor. <laughs> but it's here and it's scary. Ah! It feels good. The good news with Pat and AJ. There's uh, one of the sub channels on like Peacock, the streaming app, is nothing but uh, just viral clips of animals doing dumb shit it's so wonderful like there's no host there's no programming no, there's, there's no, no music, setup there's nothing it's just clip 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 it's it's, it's, it's incredible like your kid doom yeah. scrolling on tiktok but right? it's great it is great and i watched one today again that always makes me smile where i say if animals get into a store specifically to get something they want and get out of the store with it i feel like the animal has earned they whatever did. said item is. They should be able to keep it. I did see a pigeon today get a bag of chips out of a 7-Eleven. Congratulations, you know, man. Strolled, you made it happen. Strolled right in, got him, waited for the door to open, strolled out. <laughs> Eat, I mean, those are his chips. Nobody's going to mess with the pigeon. Uh, unfortunately, they did not feel the same way uh, in North Carolina at the local Dollar General store when a dog kept sneaking into there. Uh Store. You see, the doors kept opening up, and his little dog kept uh, bum rushing on in. Oh, was he stray? Uh, yeah. Oh, baby. And not only did it bum rush in, but it would also bum rush to one specific toy. <gasps> uh, there was a plush purple unicorn. Oh my god! And they said so literally, cute. the dog would get in and go right to it and try to get it. They try to shoo the dog out and they get it now. After about four or five times, I want you to imagine that there was an employee whose day involved. Four or five times trying to keep a dog from stealing a plush toy from your store. Just that's... I can't imagine. Right? Up front. I, I would have given it to him. Up front. <laughs> uh, they went ahead and called 911, and they sent out the local county animal services department. So they would go in there. They get got the dog. Yeah. Got him safely. safely. There's no microchip. There's no collar. Yeah. So, yes, they confirmed it was a stray. They went ahead and brought the animal down. Not before, though, the officer involved decided to take said item off their hands. You see, the pup had gotten to the unicorn, so it had some slobber on it. Yeah. And so now the manager is like, great, how am I going to sell a slobber-filled purple unicorn? No one's going to want this. Well, that's when they decided to just buy it for the dog. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. It was only $10, by the way. $10? It's 10 bucks. At man. a dollar store? $10. 
I don't like that false advertising. So the animal you can't con- call yourself a dollar store if you're charging ten bucks for something. The animal control officer went ahead and escorted the animal back to the pound where it has been inundated with requests oh, after honey. the photos have gone viral here, there, and everywhere. Everyone wants this puppy. Uh, they are waiting because it's a stray hold, so you yeah. do have to for a certain amount of time hold on to the animal. Yeah. To if there's an owner out there, even though Give I know time, yeah. a lot of the times we all think there's no owner, it's why it's a stray. They do have to do that. But after that, this dog with its unicorn is going to have no problem finding a home. First of all, yes. do you remember the dog that came into our studio for AJ's Animals? Like I think it was a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Sure do. Um, and there was a teddy bear on the floor that yep. had come in, I think, from the Children's Miracle Network. Uh-huh. And the doggy that came in studio that day, big dog. Kept going for that teddy bear. And Lynn from the Humane Society kept trying to move it so he wouldn't get it. And I finally was like, just give it to him. It's his. It's his now. And I shit you not, like, the next pictures that they posted on their Facebook were Mm -hmm. of him trotting around with that bear everywhere he went. That's his bear. Like, that's... It is the cutest thing you've ever seen. Second of all, the pictures of this adorable dog and his little purple unicorn are up at patnaj.com. That's your good news. It's so sweet. It does make me feel good. Spread the good news now at patnaj.com. Are you ready to go? Yes. Which, yes. I mean, I mean, what do you want to do? I want to do, do the tape. I want to do the tape. You want to do it? Okay, so here's what happened. We're packing the house. <laughs> And we are finding a lot of fun stuff. I told Pat, I started cleaning out a closet. I said, you got to come up here. Most of this stuff is yours. Most of it's radio stuff. So we're going through this closet, and I start finding, like, old pictures from old radio stations for Pat. And then I come across a cassette tape. Now, naturally, I think it's one of his air checks. An air check is something we used to send off to program directors saying, here's how I sound. Give me a job. It's when you record your radio show every night. By the way, it's only your voice. You don't record the music because you only care about you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what the listeners would, would consider hell. It's only the (laughs) DJ talking. So I found this cassette and I just assumed it was one of his air checks. And as I was handing it to him, I look at the label. What's the label of the tape say, Pat? Let me get out of here. I got ejected out of the machine that AJ wrangled online. Patrick's Telephone <laughs> Operator Act. <laughs> and I can tell you that is my grandmother's handwriting. And what does it say on the other side? Because doesn't it have a date on that? Pat and Matt Sleepover, <laughs> 1986. <laughs> Listen. These things are like unicorns. There's a tape like this at my parents' house somewhere of me making a radio show with fart noises with my cousin when we were like 10. I know that's out there somewhere. The fact that we found Pat's unicorn, it's incredible. And then, even better, one of our neighbors, I put it out on our sub page. I said, hey guys, somebody's got to have a cassette player that works, right? Got to knock on the door. We have got a cassette player. I didn't even know. I'm sitting there on my couch. Tell you. <laughs> and I, I see my neighbor trotting up with a boombox. I'm like, what's oh, this guy? It's a boombox. It's I thought big. He, I thought he was like getting ready to serve me in a dance battle. <laughs> I thought he was, you got served. <laughs> Instead, now we have a boombox and I have oh my God, um, oh my God, a cassette oh my God. tape. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Of me. From, I mean, I guess era 86. 86 which would make me. You were eight. Eight. That's what it says for the sleepover. I don't know what it okay. is for the operator. What you want to hear? AJ, you have to understand, AJ <laughs> is fascinated with my childhood. Well, because it was so bizarre. You had, a, you had a severely mentally ill mother. Your dad lived out of state. 
you got in a lot of trouble when you were a teenager. I'm just trying to figure out who the hell you are. Because you've seen, I mean, a little bit of my childhood is on, like, was recorded on VHS. Yeah, I was just saying, because you're four years younger, so it's a little bit leaper and in my dad, technology. Yeah, my dad went to the Gulf War, so we, we taped a lot of stuff to send to him. So some of my childhood is on tape. I haven't seen anything but pictures of Pat. <laughs> And I'm like, holy shit, here it is. Right. This is the unicorn. I have no idea what's on this. This is literally the first time my palms are sweating. Feel it. Ah, Feel my palms. clammy. clammy. <laughs> it's like I hit off my vape pen. Hold on. Let's find out what's on Patrick's oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. operator, uh, telephone operator act. Got to hit play. Oh, listen to that audio quality. Oh, God. I like, by the way, no Canadian currency. I already, I already knew at a, at a young age. Don't take those loonies. It'll spit it back out at Hold you. On. Do you hear my uh, speech impediment? I do, and it's weird because that's the other thing you had growing up, and yeah. I never heard it. Yeah, no one knows about this. I you had a, spe- a pretty severe speech impediment. Um, they man, no one could really understand me till I was like three. That's what they told me. That like up until three, it was just not good times communicating with me. And I went to um, speech therapy every day after school. Now, of course, you'd say, Pat, what's the big deal? Well, I went to Catholic school. In Catholic school, while it's good with the Lord, terrible with the resources. Yeah, no. So there were no speech therapists in the Catholic school it's system. It's still like that in private schools. Like, they have less resources for stuff like that. So I would leave my school, St. Bruno, and I'd have to walk to Edwards School, which was the public, public school. school. And I had to walk into Edwards with the Catholic school uniform on. <laughs> And go see Miss Frazier. And then, all the other kids are like, who's this hoity-toity jackass? Oh, they knew. They're like Bruno kid right there. And uh, I would go see Miss Frazier, and we would do speech therapy. And so, yes, when I one day got into broadcasting, uh, my mother did contact Mrs. Frazier to let her know that, oh you know. Remember that little boy? I had a severe stutter, and I said my R's and S's wrong. Press play on that again. I go want ahead. more. All right. That was my grandmother. It's my grandmother. <laughs> oh my God! Story of my life, by the way. My grandmother yelling. Patrick. Patrick! It was always what? Like, I was somewhere. Sounds like your mom. Oh, man. Oh. Uh-oh. Reset. <laughs> That's apparently... Uh... So flip the tape, because I want to hear you and this, this guy named Matt on the other side. You sound very young in that recorder the your your operator the operator bit you sound very young so i'll actually be surprised if if this is the same year now matt lived across the street for a while they moved out but i remember he was maybe a year younger than me had a little sister that was not in school yet so okay. like young young a little and i remember we played 
we played sometimes. I don't remember a sleepover, though. Is that the weird part? No. Is that you? I think. I don't know. <laughs> or that's probably me. Like when kids just act like assholes for no reason, and record it. Oh, they do. Yeah, now it's called TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just kind of like two goofball kids. That is fucking off. Amazing. Is that everything you want it to be? Yeah. AJ. I mean, the only thing I have is. The video of me and my friends making uh, Barbie videos in seventh grade, and I farted on camera. That's all I've got, though. <laughs> of course I did, because that's me, and I farted on camera. That's my wife. I have the audio of it. I don't have it on a cassette tape. Farted on camera. I'll get. I'll, I'll save it for the next podcast. <laughs> so there you go. That was... Uh, that was Little Patrick. That was Little Patrick. Oh, my goodness. That no one could barely understand. I couldn't really understand you. You tried, though. There's a lot of big girls in here tonight. Where the big girls at? I made a song for the big girls. Come on, y'all clap. We're going to do the song for the big girls. Come on now. Because everybody got a big girl. You know what I mean? Some of y'all mamas is big girls. Uh, I like big girls. I cannot lie. If you need a man, baby, I'm that guy. Up in the club. VIP big girls everywhere. And they loving me. Yeah, I want a sandwich. I'll take two. Put it in the kitchen, they know what to do. Lobster, chicken, biscuit, put it in the oven. Kool-Aid, pizza, damn, I love it. Big girl, big job, big salary. Big girls don't care about calories. Big girls don't care who's looking. All they want to know is damn who's cooking. I'm like that, stay down the drive. I'm not letting Justin Bieber get all the glory these days for helping the prison population. Look on TMZ. He's been hanging out in prisons. Has he really? With his pastor. He's preaching. He's a pastor now? Well, no, with his pastor. Oh. Oh. You know, the Biebs is all into religion now. So he's preaching in California prisons with his pastor. During COVID, it's crazy. They're out there in the yard. Good for them. They got masks on and stuff. That gets a lot of people through bad times. But listen, I'm going to say, it's a beautiful thing to see in 2021. Sometimes you got to do things before they're popular, before they're cool. I've always liked speaking to the prisoners all the way back to my first radio station. Because, yes, radio is a unique thing. It penetrates bars. It penetrates glass. It penetrates concrete. If you got a transistor, you too can hear outside them walls. And I had the pleasure of first having an inmate call my request line in 1997 at my college radio station, WCRX. That was heard within the confines of the famed Cook County Jail, which is one of the largest county jails in this fine United States of America, houses a population probably bigger than your town, 
And these listeners could hear us, and yes, one called up. And, of course, I accepted the uh, charges. Sure, management loved that. (laughs) It was so funny because when I started doing radio and I started doing a night show by myself, Pat was like, listen, you're going to get calls from the local prison. And he was right. And I got a lot of collect calls from prisoners who wanted to talk to Jen Odell on KISS FM. Now listen to me. I'm not afraid of prisoners. Why? I was almost one yourself. In fact, when I was a juvenile, I may have spent some time detained. I got some good friends who did some good time. There's a lot of good people who have done time. It's not the end of the world. Plus, let's be honest. The U.S., we're good at locking people up. Yeah, we are. Good at any, anywhere else. So I don't judge anyone. So I always love the fact that you could not hold back whatever we were doing on the radio to the people inside the prison. One of the best letters I ever received came from Draper, Utah, a Utah state prison. This is more stuff we found while we were packing the house. (laughs) This is when uh, I worked at KUUU-FM. Did you guys call it Koo? (laughs) It was U92, Utah's beat. Blaze and hip hop. You guys missed an opportunity. Coo. Yeah, I don't know. It's very <laughs> like the hood ghetto call. Coo, coo, coo. Hey, I got a lot. I uh, it was a hip hop station, and when I mean hip hop, it wasn't hip hop and R and B. We banged hip hop. We banged okay. West Side Connection. We played Tech Nine. We played some gangster shit, man. We weren't even playing the Pussycat Dolls because really? they were too pop. No PCD? Their song, Don't You, was like the number one song on the record. You guys like, wouldn't play it. It's not a chance. They're like, it, it, my boss like, that's a bunch of girls singing. <laughs> I don't want that. I, I, I want dudes with guns on the radio. <laughs> and granted, we were, we were the, like the number one station in Salt Lake yeah. City for like a year and a half. It was crazy. And during that year and a half time, I received this letter. This letter, I've always remembered. And AJ found it. <laughs> While we were packing up the house. so well, I, I laughed because I said, oh, it's just a letter from an inmate you must have gotten when you did nights. And he goes, read it, because there's a reason I kept it. Um, I did a bit back in Salt Lake City. Now, I did a night show. It was called Clark After Dark. And it was fucking insane. And it's nothing that would have flown today. No, we look back at a lot of the stuff we did in our oh, early radio careers I'm so and say, happy. Ooh. I'm so happy I did it when I did it just because it's not, you can't even do that kind of stuff. Like, no. Just the fact that I had a night show where I had like three characters. It was myself and then the Clark After Dark crew, which was DJ Sayo, Latino Heat, and Flacco. <laughs> and they were doing crazy shit every night on the streets and we used to do a bit every once in a while. Not all the time, but it's just when it struck us in the heart. And I'm going to tell you what the bit is first, and then I'm going to explain it, okay? We used to do a bit called Fat Girl Friday Night. <laughs> now, this was back when people had a sense of humor. Hold on now. <laughs> Hold on. It really shows how much my ODD nature has been prevalent throughout my entire life. I was adult onset diagnosed with ODD. Opposition defiance disorder. So um, I think at that moment in time, there was a very glitzy club movement happening. And Salt Lake is full of a lot of beautiful people. I don't know if it's in the Mormon water. I don't know if it's the clean living. It's all of that, probably. But I remember at that time, there was a distinct feeling that like the top 40 station and all the pop people 
They were the beautiful ones yeah. with the perfect tans. This is like 03, 04, 05. Like Britney is still yeah. huge and all that shit. Those girls all look like Britney Spears. Right? And I remember like downtown in Salt Lake, there were those clubs with all the beautiful people. And then there was our station and we were the little scrappy one playing hip hop in Salt Lake fucking city, Utah. <laughs> And we were killing it. It really is like the most holy place next to like Jerusalem. We like were, I, that I can't even imagine. I can't imagine like walking down the street and swearing there. I couldn't do it. It was the most pirate-esque experience I'll ever have in my life because I was working for an independent company that did not have ties to the region. So there was no. They didn't care. Politics to offend or not offend. Which is, which is nice. So while all the beautiful people were doing their beautiful thing with the beautiful music downtown, we were in these clubs out in the valley and in the burbs with the hood people playing hip-hop, doing booty battles, doing MC battles. We did like two MC battles a week. We had guys from our MC battles go on to be signed for Damon Dash music. Needless to say... A Fat Girl Friday Night wasn't odd at that time. And the reason why I made it happen, because I said, it ain't fat like F-A-T. What is it, ladies? P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. (laughs) So, ladies, I'd want you to call me up here on a Fat Girl Friday Night. Tell me why you larger than charge. And I (laughs) shit you not. Our phone lines, we would try to do the bit for like an hour. Like, we'd do it on a Friday night, and the whole crew would be there, and everyone. it'd It'd be great. And we'd say, call us up. Tell us why it's great being a big girl. It was like the fuck you to all the beautiful people. Yeah. Like, um, these are all the real people. Which, especially back then, was not we, popular. We needed. It wasn't popular because I wasn't. Because I was a scrubby looking dude. And my competition was like a club boy with like the fucking perfect hair. And he had, the, per- yeah, he had the perfect clothes. And I'm the hood dude from Chicago <laughs> in like sandals in the club saying, it's a fat girl Friday night. Girls would call up. They jam the lines all night long. Tell us why they. It was. It was like women empowerment. They call I up like that, and, and and they'd say, "I got you know what? I got my curves, and I got all this ass that my man likes." Or someone else would call up and say, "I got all these titties that my man." <laughs> Trust me, I had to edit the shit out of all these phone calls. Okay, <laughs> or maybe I didn't. It was a crazy time. So this letter from this inmate is in response to Fat Girl Friday Night, correct? If you can imagine you are a man who is incarcerated and all of a sudden you are hearing about the ladies out there who aren't getting the respect that they should be getting. Damn right. Just because they didn't fit into a size two low rise jeans with their fake tan back in 03. Now I present to you a letter from Utah State Prison. Inmate number 17086 will withhold his real name. At the top, it says, I'm a true freak, nastic player. For real, believe that. That's right. That sets the tone for the entire thing, just to let you know. The date on this is April 8th, 2005. April 8th. Yo, Pat Clark after dark. How you doing? I like your show. You be bumping. Yeah. (laughs) I listen to the show every night, so keep crunking that funky shit. Oh, God, crunk was big. We were using that word (laughs) all the time back then. I need a favor from you, please. Could oh. you please hook an N-word up <laughs> with some of them big, fat, plump, nasty bitches? I'm sorry, not nasty. Plump, nastic. 
Yeah, plumped ass. He crossed something out here. So if those big, fat, plumped, nasty bitches bet- between 200 up to 400 pounds. Two, two I don't know to four. how you expect me to get through this. This is nuts. Two to four. So his minimum, you got to clock in minimum 200 pounds. Guys, I mean, this is N-A. This is not. <laughs> the, the rest of this letter is absolutely not suitable you for children or work. You do not understand how much this warms my heart. But, to I, have to read, but I have to read it. To share this with all of you, because this Ooh, is truly the stuff. I can't, I can't I'm taking read all this, of this. I'm taking this to my grave. When they incinerate me one day, you put this letter in there with me. I, I like licking those big bitches in their ass. I can't read the next part. Bro, he's way out of the curve. We weren't talking about eating booty back then. Now, these teen kids are like eating ass right off the bat. Oh this guy's God. ahead this guy's, of the curve. This guy is filthy. Those big nasty ass cows don't be playing. That's, that's what I'm tasting. Believe that. I get out this year. I don't get, oh, I don't get any mail and I don't have no one to write to. So since your ass is cooler than a shy town's winter, smiley yeah. face, you can plug a uh, nap town. What is nap town? I don't know. I'm, I can't say the next word. <laughs> this player. Okay, hang on, hang on. Uh, we'll skip that part. I'm coming to see you when I get out. Oh, that's always scary. Always. <laughs> I'm coming to see you. <laughs> a lot of folks come see me, and then they're parole officer. I'm always <laughs> the first stop. Have a few drinks on me. We're going to kick it at the Boots Shaking Players Club. Now, let me tell you something. And see how you mix shit up on the tables. Let that owner of the Players Club know to send some of them bitches my way. <laughs> He got plenty of them. Now, the Players Club, quick side note, really <laughs> plays into the legend of Fat Girl Friday Night because the Players Club was uh, one of the only clubs doing all hip-hop music, and they were a former strip club, <laughs> and they were transitioning into, like, a nightclub. Of course they were. And we were, like, that's where we could do, we had uh, carte blanche, as they'd oh, say. God so help you. So we would do... After parties there. You I guys, was, the stories he's told me are filthy I and was, disgusting. I was there with like Bone Thugs and Harmony when they gave me a panic attack. We did MC battles like we were hanging out on 8 Mile, okay? 8 Mile came out that everyone wanted to have MC battles. Can we, can we move on to the next line of this letter? The Players Club also was a reason why I may have gotten in trouble with the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Department and the FCC, but that's for another episode. You are such a pain in the butt. Back to our man, inmate number 17086. <gasps> oh, fuck, I forgot. My name is Eric. <laughs> See, I like how he gets to the introduction finally. This Sorry. is, by the way, after, after <laughs> requesting all the big bitches. See, so, he's so horny. He's so fucking horny. It's all he wants to talk about first. Sorry about that. Got carried away. <laughs> Listen to this. I do comedy, write music, and sing, and I write sex novels. See, dude, this guy is... <laughs> some a, reason, I'm not surprised. It's a fucking triple threat, this guy. Tell everybody there, I said, what's up? Keep up the good work. I like that funky mix shit y'all be doing on Saturday nights at the Players Club. Y'all be putting it down nicely. Take some pictures of them bitches at the Players Club. Man. Booty shaking contest. Showing dead ass. 
No, <laughs> but no Polaroids, please. We can't have them. Yeah. Why can't they have Polaroids in prison? Maybe there's something you can do with the materials in them. Send a shout out to all the big girls that want a freaknastic N-word. And then he talks about eating ass. Okay. <laughs> Give them all my hookup. Again, way ahead of the curve with yeah, that. No, way ahead of that. Give them all my hookup, would you please? Thanks for listening. They can write me here. He gives a P.O. box. <laughs> then he gets his description. I'm black, six foot, 200 pounds, and right. solid as a rock and clean cut. You have a nice day. Keep it real, and thank you very much. A friend for life, Eric. Keep the change, Clark, after dark. Play that shit. And then there's something on the back. It's a note on the back, sir. Much love and respect to all of you there. Thank you, Pat Clark, after dark. I like your style. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It was like it was like once once his boner chilled out a little bit, he could finish the rest of the letter. Hold but on, I, I got carried away. I almost came right there. The Hold whole on. first half Actually, of that letter. That's what happened. He came and then he realized then he finished the letter. Oh shit! What am I writing this I got, guy? I got carried away. Hold on, I'm just writing this guy a sex novel. I need to introduce myself. We gotta nice. look. I gotta. Uh, I want to look this guy up. Um, I did. I did want to say. I did look up uh, our our inmate. According to what the research I've done, he is currently paroled <gasps> in Utah. Um, I I think I found a booking photo, but I don't know. Like I can't find him on. Man, my... see, I'm looking up his name on Facebook in Utah, Very... and, and all the people. With his name are white, so it's not him. No, not that guy. I don't think he has a Facebook. So listen, I would folks. love to find this guy though. Can you imagine? Like, he would shit to hear from. I you. would love to track him down and, and and honestly see how he's doing. Yeah, no, I'm genuinely I curious. Mean, you are. I mean, the guy's articulate. He has. I'll he's tell you, super articulate. He has nicer handwriting than I do. He's super articulate. <laughs> he has a clear vision of how he likes big girls. He likes to do very <laughs> freaky things to him. This man just need you know, he made a mistake. Clean up, clean up your act. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He still needs some ass, obviously. I'm pretty sure that he's paroled currently. I might put out a uh, reach or you two. You should. Know, put out him. an APB, find this guy. So that's what we were doing back in 2005. That's what I was doing. See, way before all this body positivity, you thought Lizzo was the first one to do it. Oh, no. It was Clark After Dark. We've been doing this for a long time. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.